welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod. Coming at you with our full Week 17 preview here, recording just before the Thursday night football game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans tonight. Cody, uh, I'm going to go with uh, an hour and 35 minutes today, buddy. What are you thinking? Oh, an hour 35 is a good time. I, I like that time in general. We should try and keep it around that time. Uh, maybe just a little shorter, though. Let's try and keep it right at an hour and a half. Keep it right, right, at, right at an hour hey, 30. I'm down. Yep. It's a win-win See? for me. If we get out of here earlier, then I'm going to be okay with it. But if not, then uh, you know I get another round at the uh, the old bar. So I'm cool with it. Yep, absolutely. This is a week that you, we'll probably have a lot of topics that we can just kind of skate over. Because I think there's a lot of situations that you can completely avoid uh, You know, with uh, – you know, it was just a championship week. You know, really, there's four teams probably competing for something in most leagues. So, a lot of the lower end options that may have been, you know, something that we discussed in week seven and eight just aren't as prevalent here in week 17. So, shooting for that lower time, but probably should quit rambling if I want to hit it. So, let's go ahead and kick it back <laughs> over to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just touched on it, but we touched on this earlier in the week. A lot of these situations we already have uh, some clarity on. You kind of know where you stand with a lot of these guys, but we're just going to give you uh, some lineup decisions, hopefully help you break some ties with a few of your guys. On your championship week, this is where, you know, this is where the – the chicken comes to roost. You need to win this week. This is what uh, we play the game for. So let me jump into the news and injuries real quick. Actually, just saw one uh, scroll through the timeline here as I was setting this up. Ryan Tannehill officially placed on IR. So uh, I guess if you're holding on to Traylon Burks, you can go ahead and drop him because Tannehill is not coming back next week if you play in Week 18 championships. Jalen Hurts is progressing, still not expected to play this week. So I'd hold on to him for now, but He's probably not going to play. Uh, he is practicing more than he did last week, though, so I guess keep an eye on it. Miles Sanders, his teammate, limited on Thursday. All these guys that are limited, I'm expecting to play, but, again, could be hampered by their injuries, so just keep an eye on their status. Miles Sanders, limited. Ramondre Stevenson, limited. Austin Eckler, limited. Aaron Jones, limited. And Chris Olave, limited. He actually missed last week, so he's probably more of a legitimate 50-50 call there on whether he plays this weekend. The rest of those guys I expect to go uh, to varying degrees of effectiveness. But again, just got to keep your eye on those and injury situations. You're probably starting all four of those running backs that I named. Olave, we try to avoid. James Conner got my ears up a little bit on this one. He missed Wednesday and Thursday with an illness. We've seen a lot of this this year. Most of the time, these guys are fine, but it can affect their play on Sunday. Connor, you're probably just starting him either way if he goes, but uh, two straight missed practices. Definitely want to make sure he's out there on Friday or at least uh, gets the green light from the coaching staff. Stefan Diggs, same situation. He missed Thursday with an illness, so another guy, if you made through his Week 16 dud, just check his status on Friday. Make sure he's going to go uh, on Monday night because, uh, again, yeah, that is a Monday game, so if you want to roll with Diggs and he's questionable, probably just pick up someone as a backup play. Alvin Kamara, he, uh, this one I don't have a good read on, to be honest. Uh, he has a quad injury and personal uh, issue. So that was how he's listed on the website. He is he has missed Wednesday and Thursday practice. So definitely keep an eye on that one. Not sure what to make of that. Uh, you know, obviously an unpredictable situation there with Kamara. So definitely uh, keep your eye on him. Not too sure about his status. Another guy that I'm not sure about is Christian Watson. He did not practice on Thursday after Matt LaFleur said he would be limited. So that is not encouraging. If he goes, I think you're playing him against the Vikings. They're, you know, the 32nd ranked team against uh, fantasy wide receivers this year. So it's a really juicy matchup for him. But he did not practice on Thursday. So his status is very 50 50 at this point. 
Lamar Jackson also did not practice on Thursday. I would expect him to miss another game here. The Ravens have an outside shot at the division, but uh, they've already wrapped uh, they've already wrapped up their playoff spot, so it probably behooves them to just get him healthy and bring him back for the playoff run. And then Ken Walker, for the life of me, could not find a an update on his Thursday practice. I know he did not practice on Wednesday, but it didn't seem like he suffered a setback against Kansas City. He got the ball twenty eight times. I'm assuming this is going to go a lot like last week did where they didn't, you know, they didn't bring him out there during the week and they let him go on Sunday. So he should be fine. But uh, another one to just make sure he is active on Sunday when you uh, when you set your lineup. Cody, any reactions to this injury news? or Do you just want to get into the matchups? Uh, we can roll into the matchups, but just want to say, Christian Watson, please go ahead and uh, get healthy. <laughs> and and Austin Eckler, I he's someone that if if uh, Joshua Kelly is still out there and you are the Eckler manager, go snag him up right away. Because uh, actually, one of the fantasy footballers tweeted out a video earlier this week, and on the very last play of that Chargers game, Austin Eckler actually hurt his knee. Uh, it was seen limping to the sideline, and it was non-contact. But you know, they obviously not. Not a tear you have to worry about, it seems like, but just for some reason I have a sneaky suspicion that may be a little worse than what they're leading on. So if Joshua Kelly's out there, go pick him up. But other than that, we can go ahead and move in and, and probably discuss a lot of these guys as we're going through the matchups. Yeah, good call on that Eckler injury. Like you said, this is the last week of the year, so those extra bench spots usually are kind of up for grabs at this point. Go ahead and just stick Kelly on your bench just in case Eckler sits this weekend. Unless you're Nick and you want to add a bunch of rookies. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, we're playing for next year at this point, Bob. Uh, you know, just got to throw those guys on your bench. That's Zemir White. For man. sure. Come in handy when Tom Brady is the quarterback of the Raiders. Next oh, year. you already got Trey Lance. Good for you. I was going to pick up yes, Trey Lance. Yep. Damn. Mm-hmm. Won't uh, let me. Yep. For some reason, Sleeper you, <laughs> won't let you add someone straight to that IR. So they wanted me to drop someone. So I was like, well, hopefully right. Tua will just get listed as out, and then I'll just sneak Trey Lance up there. So yeah, good pick the, up there. I actually the, didn't see that thank one. Thank you. So. Yeah, yeah, it might might come in handy. We'll see. So you got to just throw those guys on your bench and hope uh, for the outside shot that they're keeper worthy. You can at least you know, trade him for a draft pick or something. But let's for go sure. ahead and start out with the Dolphins at the Patriots. New England favored by two and a half at home in this one. Over under only 41 points, probably in large part due to Teddy Bridgewater starting this game. And that's where we will begin on the Miami side here. Not considering Bridgewater in one quarterback situations. He's a two, he's a, you know, two QB league play uh, for sure with these options that he has at his disposal. But on the road against New England is not the ideal place to start him. So we're just going to move into the running backs here. Uh, I'm trying to avoid them if I can. This Patriots defense has been better against the run than the pass. It's been decent on both, but definitely against the run. I don't know how this split's going to go. This you know, this reminds me a lot of the Tampa Bay situation where either one of these guys could really take the lead just based on how they're running at the start of the game. I don't know if you have a better read on the situation than I do, Cody, but I could see, you know, Mostert leading in carries. I could see Wilson leading in carries. I could see it being a 50-50 split, and that's just not something I want to hedge my fantasy championship on uh, myself. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, you already grouped in the Tampa Bay guys. I'd also group in the Detroit running backs as well. I mean, all all six of those running backs, you're just calling your shot if you're willing to play any of them. Um I mean, with these Miami guys, if you just continuously look at what happened the week before, you're playing the wrong guy. So, you know, last week Jeff Wilson gets the work. You know, the week obviously Jeff Wilson was out the week before it was Mostert. So, just literally, if you do that for like five or six weeks with Miami, you'd end up playing the wrong guy every single week. So, 
Um, when it comes to these guys, I'm trying to avoid them. Hopefully, when we're down to you know those final four teams, you just have someone that you can guarantee some more volume with. Um, you know, a guy that's by the time we're listening to this, it's too late. But like a Hassan Haskins, I mean, I think I'm playing him over every single one of these options and just banking on volume. So uh, it's championship week, and I just I don't want to have play a a Raheem Mostert and him be out there 40 percent of the time and get you know 10 carries at at the most. So. Trying to avoid, um, but I think these two in particular you can completely avoid if, if at all possible just because there's no call on who's who's going to be the lead guy. Where would you rank them in the uh, kind of group that we were just talking about there with the Tampa Bay guys, Fournette and Rashad White, and then the Detroit guys, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, if all six of these guys, would they be towards the back end of that group or uh, would you have more confidence just because of the offense? Yeah, in any kind of PPR setting, I'm going to take Leonard Fournette probably um, number one out of those six options. But after that, I would say um, I would say probably go Jamal Williams and hope for a touchdown. But his snap share has been going down. We'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the Lions game. Um, like I said, Brian Leonard Fournette would be the clear one out of the six I'd play, and then really the rest of the five you're kind of uh, is a coin flip in my mind. Really, just guys I'm trying to avoid unless I'm dealing with like a Derrick Henry injury or something like that this week. Yeah, I'm putting the Dolphins guys at the back of that group myself. The That's Detroit fair. guys yeah. I'm probably favoring because of the high over under there with the Chicago game and the fact that they're favored by six at home. Uh, yeah, this this just scares me. I think Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson could dud you pretty hard in this one on the road against the Patriots. Uh, for the wide receiver room, I think we're starting Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, no matter what, even with Bridgewater at the helm. Uh, you know, he's good enough to get the ball to them. We've seen him play with them already this year, and they've been just fine. So the fact that, you know, we've seen it before this year, I'm not incredibly nervous with these guys. Obviously, you know, the dud potential's there with any wide receiver, but I think these two are just too good to sit in your fantasy championship. How do you feel about them? Yeah, right there with you. I think with uh, Tyree Kill, he's actually been really good with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I think actually maybe just a touch better than how he's been with Tua uh, when you just look at the smaller sample size. But Tyreek's a must-start. Jalen Waddle probably just tempering expectations just a little bit. I think uh, you know, I think he's just one of those guys that can you know take a screen to the house. So you got to play him and just hope that he gets a big play. But um, I think I'm probably just tempering expectations a tiny bit with Jalen Waddle. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, but I, I can't see a situation where can't these guys have gotten you to this championship, yeah. and then, yeah, you're going to sit them. So they're probably both in your lineup. And then for New England, there's really only one guy that warrants a discussion. Ramondre Stevenson has been uh, you know, tough the past couple weeks. He has had a few down games, but he's in your lineup, I think, as an RB2 play, especially in half and full VPR situations. The guy I want to talk about is Jacoby Myers. Had an up and down run uh, these past couple weeks. He had a good game against a you know tough Cincinnati secondary last week, and now he gets a more beatable Miami secondary. But the Patriots passing game itself has just been super up and down. So I don't know if I want to trust Myers in my fantasy championship. I think he's in that wide receiver three discussion. Cody, I have a few guys I want to get your temperature on Jacoby Myers with. Uh, Jacoby Myers or Gabe Davis versus the Cincinnati Bengals? Um, I think... That's going to be a little bit uh, format dependent here, even just looking at two wide receivers. If we're looking at full point PPR, probably going to lean Myers, just the the, the easier matchup against Miami, and, and he's just been a really solid PPR performer. Um, that's it's where he's been, I guess, relevant more than, uh, 
And then I think even half and not, I'd go Gabe Davis. I think this is going to be a good Gabe Davis week. I, I think that Monday night game is probably going to be a pretty pretty electric game. So I like a lot of yeah. the options there. So I'm going to go Gabe Davis over Myers. But if you're in full PPR, I, I could understand why you would lean Myers there. He's probably guaranteed more looks than Gabe Davis will be. Fair enough. Uh, I would probably agree with you in most situations there. I like Gabe Davis quite a bit this week just because, like you said, the scoring atmosphere in that Bengals-Bills game probably going to be pretty pretty interesting for fantasy owners. And then Jacoby Myers or Drake London, they play the Arizona Cardinals at home. Yeah, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals are a solid matchup for Drake London. I think when we're looking this far down – I'm just going to take probably the the more talented player and go with Drake London. I, you know, when we look at the quarterbacks, you could say Mac Jones is better than uh, Desmond Ritter. I'd give you that. That's fine. But, you know, we're just looking at the players. Uh, Drake London's been pretty solid these two weeks with Ritter, even with limited, uh, you know, limited passing attempts from Desmond Ritter. So um, I, I would go Drake London and just hope the talent plays out there. But I think the I think the right fantasy plays probably Jacoby Myers again in any kind of PPR format. Yeah, full point PPR. I think I'm going Myers. I think I go Myers in half too. The Atlanta offense as a whole just scares me a little bit. Yeah, uh, for yeah, sure. It's been nice to see that Rutgers at least condensed his targets towards Drake London pretty heavily in these two weeks that they played together. So that makes you feel a little safer about playing London if you have to go down uh, this low. Probably has a little bit more upside than Myers as well. So it may just kind of come down to what your matchup looks like. Let's go ahead and move on to the Jags at the Texans here. Jaguars favored by four points on the road over under 43 points in this one. On the Jacksonville side, I feel very good about a lot of these options. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's a low-end starter. He's been limited in practice this week with that toe injury, but he's played just fine on it, so I'm not worried about him from an injury perspective. Uh, Travis Etienne. I think he's a must-start this week. He's in the RB1 territory against a weak uh, Texans run defense. Wide receivers are a you know slightly more interesting conversation. I think I'm leaning towards playing them, though. Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, I uh, probably call them both back-end wide receiver twos this week. I have a couple names here to just kind of get our temperature check on these guys. I'm assuming, would you start Kirk over Zay Jones, or do you view them both pretty similarly? Um... Yeah, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, I think are relatively similar. I think Christian Kirk's just more of the inside slot guy. Zay Jones is is going to be on the outside. I think if I have to, if I have both, I'm probably going Christian Kirk over Zay Jones. But that's probably just more of a, a bias since I, I've had Christian Kirk in a league this year. So otherwise, I think they're probably very similar plays. Okay, so whichever one you value lower, it's probably close either way. So whichever you know, say Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, uh, whichever one is slightly lower than the other, would you start that player or Jarek McKinnon? I think I'm going Jarek McKinnon, and uh, yeah, I I would say Zay Jones is just like if I had both, I'd play Christian Kirk. So I'd say Zay Jones or Jarek McKinnon. I think I'm taking Jarek McKinnon uh, just. I, I just I trust him a little bit more. I, I don't like this Houston matchup, not necessarily due to the wide receivers, but they're just they're so bad against the run that Travis Etienne may just have a field day. So I don't know if I want kind of the what I would consider the ancillary pieces. So I'm going to take McKinnon. I think he's just going to be more more guaranteed involvement. So Zay Jones or Jerry Judy in the same game uh, with Jarek McKinnon there in Kansas City. Mm. Gosh, they looked so bad last week. It's so. Uh, yes, they did. I think I'm 
I think I'm probably going Jerry Judy. I think uh, I, I not that I I don't like Zay Jones necessarily this week. I think he's a fine flex play, but I just, I think Jerry Judy's still just a tick above him. Fair enough. I actually like the pieces in this game probably a little more than you do. I think uh, Houston has always kind of played the Jaguars well. I think they'll be able to put up some points, and that's kind of been the recipe for teams to have success through the air against the Texans when they've just kind of rolled over and you know gotten beat by three or four touchdowns. That's when you see the running backs just kind of take over. But I feel like this game could be a little more competitive, so they might be a little more necessary than most weeks against the Texans. I'm okay playing both Zay Jones and Christian Kirk as wide receiver two options in your fantasy championship. Evan Ingram is the other fantasy-relevant option here. I think he's pretty much in the starting tier. Would you go Evan Ingram or Mark Andrews, Cody, with uh, most likely Tyler Huntley starting against the Steelers? Yeah, give me Evan Ingram. Um, as a guy who has Mark Andrews, like I said, on, I think it was our podcast yesterday, actually. If I would have played Evan Ingram, if I would have not rested on my laurels and I would have picked up Evan Ingram and played him last week, which I probably wouldn't have done anyway, but if I would have, I would have won. Ride the hot hand, take Evan Ingram. Um, I know Mark Andrews is a guy that, you know, we know what he is. We know what he's capable of. But we have a big enough sample size with Tyler Huntley this year and with Tyler Huntley just in general as a quarterback this year. I just I can't trust any of the Ravens' options, including Mark Andrews, as, as hard as that is to say. So I love what I've been seeing from Ingram. I think he is probably the, the number one pass catcher in this offense, just the way that it has been the past uh, two to three weeks. So I think Ingram, you can just keep firing him up. Yeah, I'm going Ingram too. I it, For me, it's more because I just don't think Mark Andrews is healthy. It's been just such a clear line in the sand drawn between you know his first six weeks, the injury, and then his production since then. Uh, I just think he's playing on a bum knee right now, and that's kind of the biggest reason you've seen that drop in production. So I think Ingram's role is safe enough to roll him out there over Andrews this week, especially with no Jackson. On the Texan side of things, there's really only one guy that's even in discussion, and for me, he's probably not even in discussion. We're not looking Davis Mills' way. We're not looking Royce Freeman's way in the backfield. That's Brandon Cooks in the wide receiver room. Did score a late touchdown last week, kind of saved his day if you were you know, desperate enough to throw him in there, but I just don't have a good grip about uh, where these wide receiver targets are going to go. Seems to switch around a lot. They're kind of you know, playing around with different offensive schemes in Houston, so... I could see them kind of uh, going away from Cooks in any given week, really. I, I just don't have enough confidence to even recommend him as a desperation play. I think there are other options that are farther down the list here that we can give you. So do you have more interest in Cooks than I do, or would you be you know, just kind of staying away completely? Nope, I think he uh, he should be probably on every single waiver wire because you're probably not, unless you're just in a really weird situation. And, and if you are and we're just overlooking something like that, I just – I can on my team, like I'd play Corlin Sutton over Brandon Cooks if I could pick up Brandon Cooks off the waiver wire. So, I mean, I'm in what I would consider a very wide receiver desperate territory with with my team that's in the championship game. I wouldn't even consider Cooks. So just if that gives you at all, my opinion is just just stay away. Yeah, I think we'll go over some names later on here in this podcast uh, that you know, should give you an idea of where we stand with Cooks. Most of them are going to be over him. We'll, we'll kind of get to that. But uh, there's a lot of lower-level options that we like more than Brandon Cooks this week. Not quite as hard to find uh, wide receivers farther down the list as it was last week because of, you know, the, the better weather situation. There are more games with, uh, you know, potentially higher scoring atmospheres than there were last week. Let's go ahead and move on to the game. We're going to have some boots on the ground for Cody. That's Broncos at Chiefs. 
that Chiefs line just keeps creeping towards uh, you know towards a pick 'em. It's down to twelve and a half. Cody opened at fourteen, down to twelve and a half. You getting a little nervous there? I don't know. Uh, I think I Vegas mean, I, is trying to tell us something about this game. I can't believe this is twelve and a half. I think that's an easy take on the Denver side. Um, I mean, I, I well, think the Chiefs are. I think the Chiefs are obviously playing for for something with the being the number one seed. But we saw last time against Denver. I mean, we got up twenty seven zero, and and it became a ball game. And you never really know what happens if Russell Wilson doesn't you know dig his helmet into the dirt on that on that uh, run. So yeah, I, I I don't have confidence in us beating Denver by two scores. I think this is these next two weeks against both Denver and Vegas. I think uh, I'd be betting on the other side of the Chiefs for sure. Over under a pretty healthy 45 points, especially for a game involving the Denver Broncos. I think obviously Vegas, uh, you know, got us on that last over under. We were hammering the under on with this Denver KC game. I think we're probably going to stay away from it this time. On the Denver side of things for fantasy, uh, Russell Wilson is in the, you know, two QB league range just because of the matchup, not considering him in one quarterback situations. Uh, the running back room, I think I'm completely staying away from after last week. I have no idea where this usage is going to go. It's fluctuated a lot in recent weeks. Latavius Murray's the guy if you want to take a shot, but I am not very interested. Uh, how do you feel, Cody? Are you a little more confident in Murray, or are you trying to stay away as well? No, I'd imagine if you made it to your championship game, you have uh, better options than Latavius Murray. And if you're someone fighting for third place and you're contemplating playing Murray, I think you'll – I think you'll hear some other options, some streaming options that, that you can play over him. Um, obviously, for one, if you have Hassan Haskins or you picked him up, I'm playing him over Latavius Murray. Um, I guess I, I I had seen something or heard something about Latavius Murray possibly missing this game. Do you have any faith in Chase Edmonds if he's the only running back there? No, I think Marlon Mack could just as easily lead the team in carries, so I'm not going to try to guess where they're going to go uh, in that situation, especially with the you know, relatively low ceiling that this offense provides as a whole. I think I'm just staying away from this running back room completely, uh, especially in a game that, you know, as we th- think, we think it could be closer than you expect, but still the chiefs are favored by 12 and a half at home. This could get ugly very quickly. Um, and you know, a lot of different situations. So For sure. not too excited about the running backs here. The wide receivers is where uh, I would target, I guess, if you're looking for fantasy options here, Jerry, Judy, Probably in the solid wide receiver two discussion, I'm pretty much just calling him a start. Kind of the same level as those, uh, you know, the Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, that level of play. Uh, to me, I think he's a solid back end wide receiver two. Had three touchdowns against the Chiefs last time. If he gets you one in this game, you'll probably be happy. Cortland Sutton, a little bit more of an interesting discussion. I think he is riskier. Uh, certainly coming off that hamstring injury, he's still limited in practice from it, so he's not 100% right now. Uh, how confident are you putting him in there in fantasy championship week? Uh, would you rather play him or Jacoby Myers, who we discussed earlier? Yeah, I love whenever you get, you throw me questions like these and they are relevant to uh, to my fantasy team. Uh, I don't have Jacoby Myers, but just having Sutton, I know I know how I feel about potentially having to play him, and I would be uh, much much happier if I could play Jacoby Myers. So I think I have Myers uh, a pretty healthy healthy amount above Sutton. Yeah, it's, it's scary for sure. Uh, again, coming off that hamstring and just not being 100%, it's it's an injury that can re-aggravate, and he is a player that kind of relies on that downfield ball. He, he sort of needs the big play to make his day a lot of the time. So I would be avoiding Cortland Sutton if you can, And but he is on the radar as a wide receiver three play. I'd probably play him over a Brandon Cooks level option if that's where, you know, if that's where you're at right now with some injuries or something like that. But 
he's pretty far down the totem pole. Jerry Judy's the guy in this wide receiver room for sure. For sure. Greg Dulcich, we can have a quick conversation about. I think the one guy that I'm going to bring up a lot this week uh, from the tight end position is Darren Waller because of the switch to Jarrett Stidham at quarterback for the Raiders. Would you rather play Dulcich or Darren Waller against the Niners? Yeah, give me uh, give me Greg Dulcich. And I'm going to I'm gonna see your Darren Waller. I'm going to up you one. Would you play uh, Greg Dulcich or Mark Andrews in a uh, third-place matchup? That's pretty yeah, important. Yeah, you – you have to stick with Andrews if you're going that low. Dulcich, I'd say, is, you know, he's a streaming option, maybe not even in the top 10 tight ends, maybe not even in the top 12 if you had to rank him. So I think if you're going that low, you just got to stick with Andrews and hope the talent wins out. He's still, it's the, the frustrating part with Andrews is if you get, he's been getting the looks. He just has not scored in a long yep. time and he, the production just has not quite been there. But, uh, you know, the targets are there. So I'd, I'd bet on Andrews if I was going this low. Are you with me on Dulcich over Waller or are you? 100%. Running? Okay. Yeah, not betting on Jared Stidham against the Niners in my fantasy championship. And uh, I, I think we did discuss this on the podcast yesterday, but Derek Carr stepped away from the team, so they're not gonna they're not gonna go back to him if just Stidham comes out and just completely, you know, bombs. They're they're stuck with Stidham at quarterback no matter what. And then uh, the Chiefs side's a little easier. I think you're pretty much just playing all of these options. Mahomes is in there. Uh, Kelsey's in there. Smith Schuster is more of a back end wide receiver too these days, but he's in there. Are you a little less confident in, in Juju? I guess we could have a quick conversation about him. Are you, uh, you know, is he on the lineup bubble for you, or are you just playing him and hoping that the target volume comes up a little bit from last week? Mahomes only twenty eight pass attempts last week. I would expect that to be closer to forty this week. Yeah, I, I would expect the passing attempts to go up, which would which should favor Juju. Um, I can't remember what Juju did last time when they played against the uh, played against the Broncos. He, he had a good game. I believe he had eight or nine catches for. 90 or so yards don't know yeah. if he scored but he had a good game gotcha i i think um i mean if we're look, comparing him to like a Corlin sutton i'd play juju all day over Corlin sutton um okay just i think maybe i mean i think they're, they're both just riskier they're both risky so i think juju just has a potentially higher ceiling with pat mahomes as his quarterback so uh give me juju in that situation but again you just got to be a little you got to be a little worried um the weather is actually looking pretty nice for Kansas City on Sunday. It's going to be like 45, 50 degrees during game time. So weather is not going to be a concern at all. Uh, I mean, this could be a game where we see Tony or McCool Hardman start to get worked back in. So I am giving you the, the you know, green light. Go ahead and play Juju. Trust the process. Last week is, has been an anomaly, you know, when you look at his season-long totals. But um, just you got to be weary. He definitely has bust potential. So maybe look at your matchup and see if you need someone, you know, somewhat boom bust like Juju, or if there's another option on your team that that you're more uh, you feel safer pivoting to. Yeah, I've been kind of the the guy that's been down on Juju all year, but I'm okay starting him in this situation. I think, uh, like we said, the Broncos are going to have a little more success than maybe Vegas, Vegas expects. There should be plenty of pressure on the Chiefs to at least keep throwing the ball. Uh, well into the second half and they should have more success than they did last week against the Seahawks in that, you know, one degree game that we saw in Kansas city, kind of an ugly affair uh, between the Seahawks and the chiefs last week, the running backs. Uh, I'm pretty confident with both of them as well. Uh, McKinnon probably in, you know, the RB two discussion, maybe the back end of that discussion and then Pacheco more of a flex range play. Yep. Where would you rank these guys uh, with the, you know, the other running back by committee situations we discussed earlier, the Tampa Bay, Detroit, and Miami backfields. Yeah, I think if uh, if I'm looking in PPR, again, I'm still probably taking Leonard Fournette just slightly over Pacheco. Uh, that's just okay. 
I like what I saw last week from Fournette. So, I mean, again, just with any of those three, I mean, saying I like what I saw last week is probably just going to end up shooting yourself in the foot. But that just is what it is. Um, but I think after Fournette, I'm taking Pacheco over the rest of the guys. I don't mind. If you want to take the Detroit guys, you know, if they're in the range with Pacheco, I don't mind that with such a high over-under and, you know, inside in a dome as well. So, um and we'll get to the Detroit guys and see where we're at with them. But are you with me? I mean, do you, do you like Pacheco more than all six of them, or is he further down your list? Um, I think I would be taking Pacheco. Uh, he'd probably fall right in the middle of this group. I'd take him over the Miami guys. I'd take him over DeAndre Swift, and I would probably take him over Rashad White. But I think uh, Leonard Fournette and Jamal Williams I would take over uh, Isaiah Pacheco, and the McKinnon would probably be at the top of this group here uh, between all of these running back by committee situations. So Pacheco around third or fourth in that group, McKinnon at the top and the Detroit guys kind of sprinkling in at two and three. So that's, that's where I would fall with this group of uh, group of guys. I think that's a, this is going to be a group that we kind of hammer throughout this podcast because they are unfortunately kind of up in the air <laughs> and they are all, yeah, they're all probably, you're probably making flex decisions on a lot of these guys too. So we yep. want to make sure we establish where we are with them uh, as far as, you know, in relation to the rest of the group there. So let's go ahead and move to our next game here. That is the Cardinals at the Falcons, Atlanta favored by three and a half at home. And this one over under 42 points missed a relevant bit of information in our news and injuries segment that uh, again another one that just kind of scrolled across my timeline as we started recording here but Colt McCoy has cleared concussion protocol and he will start this Sunday that is very good news for your Cardinals players I imagine that that Atlanta minus three and a half line has moved a little bit since uh, I made this doc because that was while this this line I'm pretty sure was set when we were expecting Trace McSorley to go but uh, either way Colt McCoy will be in. James Conner is a solid start this week. Probably even a you know an RB one level play against this Atlanta defense that's really been giving it up to running backs this year. Got to watch his health situation with that illness, but I'm sure he will go out and be just fine this weekend. Uh, just make sure he's active. For the wide receivers, we have a few of them to talk about. I think uh, I was you know I was completely off of all of them when McSorley was in. I was going to recommend staying away, but now that Colt McCoy's in, they become more interesting. Hopkins, he probably goes, comes right back into that wide receiver two range for me. Marquise Brown and Greg Dortch, I see pretty similarly as far as fantasy goes. There were different, uh, you know, obviously stylistically they're vastly different players, but they would kind of fall in a similar range for me as desperation wide receiver threes. I'd prefer Dortch in full PPR, and I'd prefer Marquise Brown in non. How do you feel about these uh, Arizona pass catchers? Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you with D-Hop, uh, with, with uh, Cole McCoy coming back. Unfortunately, I get to play D-Hop in uh, the championship game, which sucks, but that is what it is. Um, e, e. Yeah, I wish Trace McSorley would have uh, been able to win over that <laughs> job, but oh well. Uh, I, I, I like your assessment there with Marquise Brown and Greg Dortch. I think Brown you know, definitely has the big play potential, uh, which is why he'd be able to, probably a little bit more valuable in non-PPR. Uh, the only issue with Greg Dortch, and, and I think he'd probably be a guy that would be pretty high um, up on my streaming you know, list for wide receivers this week, would be if he just – if I knew he was going to be out on the field. Uh, last week, A.J. Green got hurt, which led to him being out there more. The previous two weeks, A.J. Green was healthy or healthier – and uh, got got that you know kind of third wide receiver role. So if we get news of uh, AJ Green going out, I love Greg Dortch. I think 
I heard a stat that any week that he has been on the field more than 80%, he finishes a wide receiver one for fantasy football. So uh, obviously that's probably in half and full point PPR scoring, probably not as much non, but um, yeah, I think he's he's a great option if if we know AJ Green's going to sit. If AJ Green is active and playing, I'm probably pivoting off the Dorch. I just I, that kind of scares me a little bit there. If he's not going to be on the field for for my championship game, yeah, good bit there. I like that. Uh, you know that that assessment. I you know had not considered the AJ Green angle before I put this doc together. So I appreciate you bringing that up. I think that is something to watch if you're trying to stream Greg Dorch in a full PPR situation. Uh, just keep an eye on that AJ Green news. That that could be big for you. Yep. Uh, just add, and just a. You know where I'm at on Greg Dorch. If AJ Green is, it does get downgraded to out or or something like that before game time. I'd be playing him as my wide receiver too over Sutton and uh, maybe even Christian Watson, depending on what his injury status oh, wow. looks like on Friday. So I'm very okay. high on the Dorch if I know he's going to be out there. He's a PPR Apparently. monster, but the issue is if AJ Green plays, I take all that back. Don't play the Dorch. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite there with you on the Dorch. Uh, I just have a little bit more concerns about this Arizona offense as a whole, and then you have two other you know, big-name targets that are going to get some looks as well. But uh, that's fair enough. The, the slot role in Arizona has been very viable this year, so I, I think he's a, a solid option if he's in there, like you said, with no A.J. Green, playing all of these guys over the Brandon Cooks level plays, and then they probably fall in line with the Jerry Judy, uh, you know, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk level plays probably just behind them with Hopkins coming in ahead of all of those guys. Let's go ahead and uh, move on to the Falcons side of things here. Uh, There's really only two guys to talk about. That's Tyler Algier and Drake London, the two rookies. Algier, he's a solid RB2 this week. You know, Cordell Patterson is there and lurking, so it, it scares you a little bit because this is another one of those situations where if he gets hot, and he's running well early in the game, then they could you know, switch to him as the main ball carrier. But Algier's been looking good the past few weeks. He had over 100 total yards against a tough Ravens defense last week. So at home against the Cardinals, they have been absolutely giving it up to the running back position lately. I am just fine throwing Algier out there as my RB2. Uh, Drake London, though, he is a little bit more on the bubble. Uh, just Desmond Ritter as his quarterback really scares me. His target share has been nice. That, that gives you a little more confidence in his floor. But, you know, whenever you're dealing with a quarterback at this low level, or, you know, at the, like at this, just this far down, it you always have the potential for a dud from his pass catchers. So we already established a bit of a Drake London line earlier, but let me just get a, uh, a little bit more of a temperature check on him. Drake London or Zay Jones? Uh, let me go back up to the Zay Jones line here. Let me see where we were at with McKinnon and Judy. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely playing both those guys over Drake London. Um, I think that's a good line. I think I'm just going to go Zay Jones. Just just give me Trevor Lawrence um, just over Desmond Ritter. If I'm going to play one of these two guys, which I think are both very risky in my championship game, give me, uh, give me a, the guy with the better quarterback. I think I know where you're going to go with this just based on your conjecture from earlier, but where would you put Drake London in the uh, the group of Arizona guys we just talked about? Uh, in the group of Arizona guys, he would probably be, again, if A.J. Green doesn't play, it'd be D-Hop Dorch. Um, I guess London Brown are both – I think they're both desperation wide receiver threes. I think you could either – I mean – 
similar play I think, style. Yeah. yeah, I think Brown maybe has just a little bit more. No, I actually I'm not going to say Brown has more talent than than London. I think they're both kind of you know different builds, but kind of similar players, kind of big play dependent, or at least they both like the big play. So I think they're both kind of interchangeable this week. Last one for you here in a flex situation, potentially Drake London or Deonta Foreman. He is on the road against the Bucks. Yeah, I guess um, I'm. I'm just gonna ride with Deontay Foreman. I, I like what I saw from the Panthers' run game last week. Uh, kind of hard to turn away I from that after yeah. seeing it. So I know that that's not really the the matchup you want to see. But again, just when we're trusting Desmond Ritter and and you know, I just I don't like that in my championship game, and I don't really like trusting Deontay Foreman either. But I would trust him over over Drake London. Yeah, I think I'm a little lower on Drake London than consensus as well. It just it comes back to his quarterback. I you know I really just don't want to be trusting you know the you know the really low level quarterbacks in my championship week to uh, save my bacon for my pass catchers. Yep. Let's move on to probably my favorite game of the week to target from a fantasy perspective. That's Bears at Lions. Detroit favored by six points in this one. A very very juicy over under of fifty two points in this one. On the Chicago side of things, they make it easy for us. Uh, all their wide receivers are either hurt or not very good, so we're not you know, <laughs> considering any of them. But Justin Fields is in. David Montgomery is in. Uh, Cole Komet is a low-end start. He's been a little inconsistent lately, somewhat due to weather concerns and somewhat due to just uh, the way he operates in this offense. But uh, I'm going to come back to that Darren Waller line, Cody. Where would you, who would you play, Cole Komet or Darren Waller? Yeah, I'm. I'm still taking Cole Komet. I'm just. I'm not going to take anything besides Devontae Adams for the Raiders' receiving options this week. Fair enough. Uh, would you play Cole Komet or Taysom Hill? That's against the Eagles. That's a really good question. The Eagles part kind of scares me a little bit. I. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just going to be biased here. I'm just going to say Cole Komet. I think if you are making this decision, it probably comes down a little bit more to what your matchup looks like. Uh, Taysom Hill kind of gives you that that higher upside, but also probably a lower floor. So if you need a more boom bust guy, go Taysom. If you need probably the steadier option, I'd go. I'd go Komet. But I do think Komet gets a bump up. There's no great wide receiver options here for Chicago, and they're going to be playing in a dome in a very high scoring environment. So I like Komet a lot. I think this could be a very, a very good week for Komet. Yeah, I'd be most likely starting him if you are, you know, if you've been bouncing back and forth between some of these streaming level guys and Komet is one of your options, I think he's probably in there. I'm playing him over Darren Waller, Greg Dulcich, Dawson Knox, uh, Taysom Hill. I'd play him all over all of those low level options for sure. This is just a, a game you want to target for sure this week. This is, like you said, in a dome and an over-under 52 points. That offers a lot of fantasy potential. Same for the guys on the Detroit side. Uh, Jared Goff, he's in the low-end starting category. Would you be playing Jared Goff or Trevor Lawrence against the Texans? I'd be playing Jared Goff for sure. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to worry about that Texans narrative too much. I know they're the number one team against running quarterbacks, so that's not my reasoning why. Um, I just love Jared Goff in this matchup. I think unless you have just one of the big, probably three or four guys that are just must starts every single week, Jared Goff's probably right there after him for me this week. I I love him. 
Jared Goff or Justin Herbert? I think we discussed this on our Week 16 review pod, but we're going to come, you know, we're actually going to make a decision here on this uh, with it right in front of us now. So Justin Herbert or Jared Goff? Yeah, give me Jared Goff. Got to ride the hot hand there. I I think, I mean, Justin Herbert hasn't been playing bad, but for fantasy purposes, uh, two straight weeks with zero touchdowns. Probably has some good TD regression coming his way, but give me the more proven commodity for my fantasy team over the past couple of weeks. I'm rolling with Jared Goff. He's, he's bringing me a championship this weekend, so uh, just going to keep riding with him. Damn. I was hoping to have the spicy take of taking Jared Goff over Justin Herbert, but you beat me to it. I, I, I agree with you. I think he's he's probably right behind Justin Fields in this game. If I was doing rankings, they'd both be you know right near that top five level, like you said, behind Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, those guys, but exactly. pretty much uh, slotted right behind them. Uh, for the running backs, uh, you know, it's it's been a crapshoot with them, especially the past few weeks, trying to guess who's going to get the you know who's going to get more work, what the game scripts are going to be. The Lions have been kind of playing uh, playing with us a little bit as far as uh, what to expect from this backfield, but this is a game to target them if you if you if you need to. Obviously, high scoring atmosphere. Um, I, I think I'm just going to break it down like this and keep it real simple for you guys. I'm taking Jamal Williams over DeAndre Swift in non-PPR. I'm taking Swift over Williams in half or full PPR. And I think that is to say that they're very close on the board here, and they're both very low floor and very high ceiling plays. They both have a ton of talent. Both of them could score multiple touchdowns, and the other one could suffer because of it. So I don't really have any you know, great analysis here. Trying, to, I'm not going to guess who's going to be the lead back because it's just fools. It's a fool's errand at this point, but I think that's how yeah. I would characterize it. Yeah, absolutely. They're both boom bust flex options for you this week. So if you are if you need someone that can score a couple touchdowns and kind of give you that extra push for a championship, these are two good options. But at the same time, they could go up there and put up five or less points for you. So uh, it just is what it is with these guys. We're sixteen weeks in, so we kind of just know what we got here. Amon Ross St. Brown is a wide receiver one level play. Put him in your lineup for sure. DJ Chark with the scoring atmosphere that we expect here in a week. Chicago secondary, I'm interested. I think he's a wide receiver three, wide receiver three level play. I'd probably be playing him over some of the other, you know, wide receiver three level plays that we've discussed, like the Drake Londons, the Cortland Suttons. Yep. Um, I know there was one other name on that list. So yeah, the uh, the Greg Dorch, Marquise Brown range. I would play DJ Chark over all of those guys. For sure. Uh, so I'm going to move up the list a little bit here. Would you play DJ Chark or Juju Smith-Schuster against the Broncos? Yeah, I think I'm going Juju, but I think you found a, a very good line for DJ Chark because I think he's right there. Um, I think if you maybe need probably a higher ceiling play, I'd probably go DJ Chark because he uh, – in, in a game where they should see some high – you know, some, some just high scoring, hopefully high passing volume, uh, DJ Chark usually gets a couple deep shots a game, so – I, I like him a lot, but I think I'm just going to go with Juju's reliability if if I uh, am looking for a more steady steady option. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I understand where you're coming from there. I'd probably take Chark just because, like you said, the the big play potential is there, and this is really you know the, if there is a game to expect a big play out of Chark, it's probably this one. And I'm shooting for you know unless you again if you're in a heavy favorite in a championship round, which is unlikely, then you can go Juju, but. Otherwise, I'm taking the big play potential of Chark. Uh, but like you said, I think that's a good line. I'd probably have them pretty close to back-to-back in rankings if I had them. So that is, uh, you know, he is right in that range with Juju and then probably just below uh, the Zay Jones and Christian Kirk level plays. For sure. 
Indy at the Giants is our next game. The Giants favored by six points at home in this one. Over under a gross 38 points here. That would have been one of the higher totals on our slate last week, but luckily for the championship contenders, that is one of your lower totals this week. So this is a game we're probably going to be mostly staying away from, especially on the Indianapolis side with Nick Foles starting. Unless you know, unless you have the Giants defense, definitely start them. Uh, but for the Colts, really, there's only one, maybe two guys that we need to talk about here. That is Zach Moss from the running back room. I am really just trying to avoid all of these Colts options uh, for your mathematicians out there. A six-point underdog with a 38-point over-under does not leave a lot of room for scoring. So there's just not a lot of interesting options here, especially with Nick Foles at the helm. We saw what it looked like last week in a dome. Not sure it's going to get better uh, on the road in New York in what will probably be slightly you know, more hostile conditions. So uh, I, Zach Moss is really the guy I would be going with if I had to choose a Colts option, but I'm not very, not very interested. I'd play him over a Brandon Cooks if it was a, you know, if it was a, uh, a flex discussion, but I'd probably put him towards the back of that large list of, you know, RBBC guys that we talked about earlier. Uh, I, I think I'd be even playing the Miami guys over him. Yeah, if you're getting to the Brandon Cooks line, you are well beyond fantasy relevant. So I, I'm with you there. Zach Moss, unless you're just in a weird situation, again, sometimes those things happen. You're stuck where you you have to play him. But uh, you, you saw what happened last week. It, he's just, like I said in our uh, recap, he is not very good at football. So he uh, should not be played for fantasy championships. And then Michael Pittman, this is really just more of a Nick Foles take than it is a Michael Pittman take. Yep. Uh, I'm really trying to avoid him as well. Uh, I don't even I, I think the, the Brandon Cooks line's a pretty good one. I might actually take Cooks in that one. And that's you know, that should tell you all you need to know about Michael Pittman. We're trying to avoid him at basically all costs this week. Uh, there could be a dud incoming. And it's really just all about his quarterback. So not yep. much else to say on the Colts options. We're trying to avoid him. The season, the, of, uh, the season of what could have been for Michael Pittman, the, the yeah, draft exactly. darling of, this, of the draft season. Damn. Yeah. It, he started out so well, too. It was just yep. it was disappointing to get off him after that good start. Uh, and then on the Giants' side, uh, there's really only one guy you're confident playing right now. That's Saquon Barkley. He's definitely in. Uh, Daniel Jones is a solid play in two QB leagues this week as your second quarterback. But I think I'm off of Darius Slayton uh, for some reasons that we discussed in our Week 16 review. I think this game, you know, you could see Daniel Jones throw the ball 15 times. And uh, there have been some other options like Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins getting involved. The Giants have kind of uh, changed their offense a little bit over the past few weeks. They've gone to more of a, you know, a quick hitting, getting the ball out of Daniel Jones's arms quickly type of offense, which has, you know, benefited them from a football standpoint, but not benefited Darius Slayton's style of play. Obviously, he likes to get down the field, run some deeper routes that take time to develop, and the Giants have sort of just kind of, uh, you know, they've gone away from that style of offense. So Slayton has not been receiving the same target share. I think with the potential low pass volume, I'm staying away from him, just playing Barkley out of the Giants' options. Yep, I completely agree with you. You're looking at three wide receivers that are all options, but like you said, there may be a total of 15 passes thrown in this one. Um, Daniel Jones has been sneakily been a uh, QB one over the past few weeks. So if you have to stream him or he's been the guy you've been rolling with, he's okay, but not looking forward to it. But yeah, I, if I, my way, it would just be Barkley and then everyone else from the giants would, would not be played. So uh, I think that's just, uh, unfortunately too easy of a matchup here with Nick Foles on the other side. There should be almost no, uh, scoreboard pressure. 
And then this might just be betting with my heart, but I'm, I'm giving a Danny B, uh, Daniel Bellinger touchdown guarantee this week, Cody. He's getting in the end zone. Our boy, Daniel Bellinger, in week 17. I'm not recommending a start here, don't get me wrong, but I think uh, I'm guaranteeing a touchdown from Daniel Bellinger this week. So, so mark that down. When we do our week 17 review, make sure to give me some crap if he does not get in the end zone. But if he scores, then I am, uh, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm taking that one home. That, that would be a pretty good call. Yeah, that'd be a great call. Uh, hold on, we're gonna we're gonna look the lineup on this real quick. We're oh, there. it's 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 getting a little bit of a sprinkle for sure this weekend. Don't you worry. Oh, they don't I have don't their touchdown that, lines but... out for that game yet. All right. Oh well, we'll look it up and we'll we'll uh, we'll mention it in the in the recap. But no, I like you calling your shot. I think that that puts them in the touchdown or bust tight end category. So uh, if you are rolling with Nick on the Danny B uh, TD guarantee, then uh, I think that that. You can you can maybe stream them if you have the stones to to put your fantasy and your wallet on the line here this weekend. All right, we've already spent too much time on the Colts and the Giants. Let's go ahead and move on to the Saints and the Eagles. Philadelphia favored by six and a half points at home in this one. Over under is forty two points. On the New Orleans side, we're you know not a t- not very interested in a lot of these options. Obviously, on the road against a tough defense, Alvin Kamara. Again, I talked about it earlier. He's been sitting practice out this week, so make sure he's in there. But I think you got to play him if he does go. Uh, the wide receiver room, I'm pretty much avoiding. Chris Olave's gotten in some limited practices, but he's clearly not at 100%. Doesn't make a ton of sense for the Saints to rush him back. He is kind of one of their long-term pieces they have in place, so I wouldn't expect him to be pushed out there unless he's 100%. Rashid Shahid is a guy I just wanted to mention real quick as just a, you know, a stash type of guy in a keeper or dynasty situation like what I've seen from him, but I can't recommend playing him this week in your championship round. The tight ends, uh, Taysom Hill and Juwan Johnson, both of them are low-end starts. I think Juwan gets a little bit of a bump up if Olave sits. I think I'm playing Taysom Hill over, you know, the Darren Waller. Dawson Knox range, but you know they are what they are. They're both low end, low end starters. You need a touchdown out of them to be happy. Uh, so the Saints are pretty easy for me, really. It's start Camara, and then if you're desperate, you can go with Taysom Hill or Jawan Johnson and hope for a score. Yeah, would you play Jawan Johnson or Cole Komet this week? Uh, give me Cole Komet. I just like he has a more guaranteed role in this offense. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, that was the one that I was contemplating. I think Jawan Johnson uh, was on the waiver wire. May have been wrong there, but. Yeah, he is on the waiver wire in our league. So that was the one that I was really contemplating between him and Komet. So easy enough there. I think I'm yeah right there with you. I think uh, Shahid can be a guy you throw in for DFS, especially if Olave sits, but you're not you're not risking your fantasy championship on uh, Rashid Shahid. So easy enough there with the Saints. I think I might pivot down to Juwan Johnson if I have Darren Waller, though. I, I would be willing That's to make fair. that switch with that tough Niners defense and Jared Stidham at the helm. Uh, I, I guess I don't. You know, I would not to say I don't dislike Jawan Johnson, but I think he's a uh, you know solid low end tight end uh, streaming play. Yeah, and and this is I guess just I had someone texting me about this right now. Are you at all worried about Alvin Kamara not being able to play this weekend, or at this point, as we see here Thursday, you know, evening? Are you just are you planning on just rolling with them? Um, and if that injury, if that news comes, you just got to roll with the punches. My play. antennas are up. I am not as confident in him playing as I am in like a Ken Walker who has not practiced so far this week. Yeah. Uh, this one seems a little bit more legitimate as far as Kamara goes. So definitely keep your eye on it. I, you know, I'm still, if I had to bet one way or another, I'm betting he plays, but I am you know, not on, not confident. So I, I think that is one that certainly needs to be monitored. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Have backup plans ready. Yep. 
And then uh, on the Eagles side of things, Gardner Minshew, we're assuming he's going to start this week. Obviously, if Hurts plays, he's a must-start, but I'm thinking it's going to be Minshew, especially with the uh, you know the line where it's at and the over-under where it's at. That tells me Gardner Minshew is going to be playing. He's a high-end streaming option if he plays. So let me give you a couple names here. Would you rather start Gardner Minshew or Aaron Rodgers this week? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers against Minnesota in Green Bay. Um little bit of a cop-out here. If Christian Watson plays, I'd be more interested in Rodgers. But at this point, as we say here Thursday night, I'm going to lean Minshew. And if Watson gets a, gets at least a limited practice in on Friday, I, I'll, I'll swing to the Rodgers side there. But if Watson's questionable all the way up till game time, give me Minshew. Brock Purdy against the Raiders or Gardner Minshew? Yeah, i got to take Minshew. My only issue with Purdy, and I'll mention this when we get to the 49ers, I think that uh, – there's a chance that he may just be capped at two, 202 this weekend. This weekend, I don't know if they're going to need a, a big day from him to beat the Raiders. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on to the running backs here. Miles Sanders, I still think he's an RB2 play, even though he's disappointed you the past couple weeks. The work is there, and uh, with no Jalen Hurts, he should get the goal line opportunities should they come. For the wide receiver room, I think you got to play both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Uh, Devonta Smith showed us last week that considering benching him was a bad idea, so yeah. I apologize if you benched him on our word. He was fantastic. He's just too good to sit. Got to throw both of them out there. Same with Dallas Goddard. He is, a, he is a mid-tier starter at the tight end position unless you have you know one of those elite options. I think you are throwing Goddard out there as well. Uh, anything else to touch on with Saints-Eagles? Nope, easy enough. Start your start your uh, start your Eagles. Sit your Saints. Absolutely, ah, that's that's a that's a much better way to say it and a much shorter way to say it. <laughs> but Panthers at Bucks, Tampa Bay favored by three points at home. Over under forty and a half in a game that is essentially playing for the NFC South title here. Whoever wins this one uh, will have a good shot at taking the division. The Tampa Bay Bucks will just win it outright if they win this game, and then Carolina will have to win this one and then next week against, I believe, the Saints in what should be a pretty winnable matchup for them. On Carolina's side, uh, this is you know this is a team that's just very hard to get a gauge on right now. They've been pretty up and down as far as their performances go. Hasn't really mattered too much what their matchup has been either. So Sam Darnold. Uh, back-end QB2 level play. Uh, DJ Moore, I think he's the you know he's the poster boy for boom-bust guys, but he's a back-end wide receiver too, and he has been pretty involved since Darnold's gotten back. So I think you know I'm okay throwing him in there, probably have him above all of the wide receiver three-level plays that we've for already sure. discussed this week. And then the running backs, this is where the conversation gets interesting. Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. They looked fantastic last week. Uh, Detroit came in as a really good run defense, or at least we thought so, and they absolutely shredded them. This is another case where Tampa Bay's front is good, but it did not matter for Carolina last week. So are you just rolling with the hot hand here in Hubbard and Foreman, or are you scared about this uh, Buccaneers front? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm going to say I'm scared. I was scared about their production last week with the Lions. Um, I think I th- I'm going to take Foreman just slightly over Hubbard between the two, but I, again, I, I think they're just both boom bust. I mean, I, I would like to say that they're going to be able to come out, and what we saw from uh, last weekend was more about the Panthers' offense than the Alliance' defense just you know being terrible. But I don't know. That, it's they're both flexible, but you know what you have. You have to think about what you have here. They they could put up less than five. They could give you 20 like they did last week. Just 
there's no way to gauge it. We don't have a big enough sample size with these two guys to uh, to be able to like give you good fantasy analysis. Besides, if you want to play them, I, I hope the best for you. Yeah, that's that's basically all the analysis I can give you too. I, I don't know how to how to analyze this Carolina team. They've just been you know very up and down, very hard to predict when their good weeks are going to come. So if you have been rolling with Deonta Foreman, uh, I think he's an okay play. He's certainly the guy I would lean towards over Chuba Hubbard just because he's probably going to be their goal line back and he gets a few more carries. Neither one of these guys really catches the ball out of the backfield in the current state of this Carolina offense. So if you're rolling with Foreman, that's the guy I'd go with, but he's a, you know, a low level option has the potential to bust for sure. Uh, we saw that against Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, 10 carries for nine yards. So just know that's on the table Yep. for the Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady two QB league option, not playing him in one quarterback situations. In the running back room, it's a pretty similar story to Carolina's side. Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, your guess is as good as mine as to who will lead the backfield in touches. Uh, both are flex options. Where would you rank them in comparison with the guys on the other side of the field? Uh, ooh. I think, I mean, if I was just going to list them out for me, it would be Fournette, Foreman, and then probably Hubbard White, just because I know Hubbard's probably going to split as close to 50. Um as I mean, these Tampa Bay guys will too. But um, I mean, out of the four, I like Leonard Fournette the, mess, the most this week. Um, I do think that this is a pretty big game for Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, if they lose this, they're not in control of their own destiny. That's pretty big. But if they win this game, I mean, they are going to be the worst four seed of all time and basically have a bye in Week 18. So they, they could lose Week 18, doesn't make a difference. So there could be a chance that – they really uh, play hard to win this one and then rest next week. Um, and I don't know, just something I saw last week. I like Leonard Fournette, got a decent amount of uh, opportunity catching the football out of the backfield. I think if they resort to kind of that quick pass offense, that helps out Fournette a little bit. So he'd be the guy I'd play. But like you said, when we're, when we're looking at these near 50 split kind of guys, like your guess is as good as mine for who's going to get the red zone work or who's going to get the catches that week. So it's, it's tough. I don't want to cop out, so I'm going to say I'm going to ride with my guy for net, but it's neck. I could be talking to you on Monday and, and white has two touchdowns. So you just never know. Yeah, it is. It is tough with these running back by committee options. We're really just a lot of the time. We're just guessing as to who's going to be the guy. A lot of the time, the team probably doesn't even know until they get in the game, and you know, one of the two guys how, just how's the rhythm runs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's kind of how these go a lot of the time, and you just kind of have kind of have to know what you have in these running back by committee options here. For the wide receiver room, I think Chris Godwin is in. His target share is just too high to ignore. Mike Evans, are we starting him? Are we avoiding him? Uh, where does he fall in your wide receiver tier? Uh, I'm starting him. He's getting a touchdown this week. Um, okay. Yep. All just right. As simple as You're that. Here first. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You probably did hear it here first, but I, I don't know. I just like I like him this week. Um, he plays against me in fantasy, so he's bound to probably put up about 20. So um, oh, this is a good week to now. go ahead and fire up Mike Evans. So, no, just, okay. not, not even outside of me playing against him again, I just think this is going to be a, a better week for Tampa Bay. I think Mike Mike Evans has some positive regression coming his way, um, a whole lot of coming his way. So not saying it's going to be a monster game, but I think it's going to be a pretty good game for, for Mike Evans this week. Mike Evans or DJ Moore? Uh, 
Give me DJ Moore. Um, I, I like Mike Evans, the player, a little bit more, but DJ Moore is basically the clear number one guy there. Chris Godwin's going to get 10 to 12 targets for sure. Uh, Mike Evans or Juju? Give me Mike Evans in that one. I like the higher upside that, that I'm seeing in Evans this week. Okay, fair enough. I think that's a pretty good line there, so we can go ahead and move on. Not considering Kate Otten, again, whenever Brate is healthy, he is just not on the field enough to consider. He can completely dodge you. I think all of these other tight end options we've discussed, I would probably play over Kate Otten. Cody, do you want to go ahead and take over for the Browns at the Commanders? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm more than happy to hear some. Uh, Browns at Commanders, Washington favored by two, over under right at 40. Um, starting here on the Cleveland side, Deshaun Watson, uh, definitely not. You've not seen anything in his first few weeks to give you hope here, so just got to avoid him. Uh, he may be an option in two QB settings, depending on what your uh, roster looks like, but that's just up to roster construction. Uh, running back Nick Chubb, um, he has not been the dominant force that he was for fantasy managers earlier in the year. Uh, maybe lower expectations a little bit against a pretty solid uh, commander's run defense, but he's still a must-start nonetheless, uh, RB1 you know, category. Or, uh, it could be an RB1 or the RB1 on any given week, so got to play him. Uh, wide receivers here, Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think Amari's a pretty solid low-end wide receiver too. I know he hasn't had a great game uh, with Deshaun Watson, but I like what I saw last week in in the in the weather. Uh, just kind of gives me a little bit more confidence playing him. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones, I was kind of having a hard time ranking him. Um, would you put him in the same tier as Chark, or do you think he's a little lower? I think he's probably a little lower than that. I'd put him closer to, uh, you know, the Drake London range, maybe even slightly behind him as well. So obviously he's above the Brandon Cooks, Michael Pittman range, but probably below, uh, like you said, the Chark and um, who was the other guy I just mentioned? Chark and Drake London. Those two I'd put ahead of uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones this week. Gotcha. Fair enough there. And then uh, David Njoku, I think he's a starter uh, for the tight end position, probably a lower-end starter. thing with him is you know he has a pretty low floor, but he has a pretty high ceiling for a tight end. So uh, about as boom-bust as they come, but I think you got to keep him in there if you uh, if you don't have one of those top-end options to pivot to. Is there any streamer you'd play over Njoku this week? Uh, probably not. I think I would consider Cole Komet just because I really like that scoring atmosphere, but you know, I'd be playing Njoku over Knox, over Taysom Hill, over Tyler Higby, um, over Darren Waller, over Greg Dulcich, any of those guys. Yeah. Okay. I'm right there with you then on, on Njoku. Um, on the Washington side, I think it's going to be a little bit more to talk about here. Obviously the biggest reason is old Carson Wentz coming back to, uh, just absolutely screw people over in the fantasy championship week. Uh, we'll get into the wide receivers and, and where he comes into effect in just a second. Uh, the running back room, Brian Robinson, I think he's an RB2 option this week. Uh, Gibson has been on the injury report. If he were to miss, then uh, Robinson's going to see some good volume, and uh, he should be a good play this week. But I think regardless, he's a pretty solid play. Cleveland's run defense is pretty bad. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a good chance Robinson, you know, gets extra work this week. Like you said, Antonio Gibson has been on the injury report, not been practicing, so uh, that could be very important for Robinson. He should see a lot of work in a game that, like you said, the uh, 
the Commanders really need this one, and the Browns' defense, the, the place to attack them is on the ground. So uh, Robinson sets up nicely here. Absolutely. And then let's take a look at these wide receiver options. Like I said, got to love Carson Wentz just coming in to throw a, a final wrench oh, into your fantasy season. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and then I threw Curtis Samuel in here as well. Um, I think Terry McLaurin Ugh. should be should still be locked into your lineup. Um, I do just want to remind everyone that when Wentz was the starter, he t- did tend to spread the ball around. I think Curtis Samuel had a few weeks as a wide receiver – or, sorry, a, oh no, a wide receiver one. So that there is the tendency for him to, to spread it around. But I think all that does is just lower McLaurin's floor and ceiling a little bit. I, th- I still think that you have to play him. Um, I think Dotson's a dart throw. I think he's a very risky dart throw. Um, boom, bust. And then, again, Samuel was relevant with wins, but I don't think anyone's playing him in their championship game. Uh, any differing opinion on these three guys? It's just so tough with Carson Wentz coming back. You don't know if uh, he's just going to go right back to the tendencies he had earlier this year or if this offense has changed a little bit just because McLaurin's been playing so well recently and Dotson has you know, somewhat emerged recently. So it's a very tough call. Uh, I can't say I have the perfect answer for you, but I'd be slightly downgrading McLaurin, probably still playing him. And then I think I'd be going Dotson over Samuel just because he's been emerging and he's a rookie, but... Both of them, like you said, are lower-end options, probably at the back of that wide receiver three discussion that we had earlier with the the Drake London and the DJ Chark level plays. I'd have them uh, below those guys and then above the Michael Pittman, uh, the DPJ, uh, right. Brandon Cooks level plays. I'd play the, those guys over them. Yeah, I think that's a good line for them. Um, and then I don't think there's any tight end in Washington that we're worrying about. Anything else about this game you want to bring up or mention? Let's move on. All right, San Francisco at the Las Vegas Raiders. The 49ers are favored by nine and a half over under and uh, underwhelming 41.5. Again, for you mathematicians out there, this is not giving the Raiders very much uh, points to be scored this week. Uh, Let's start on the 49ers side. Brock Purdy, like I had mentioned earlier, I think he is still, you can stream him if you want, but I, I just have him in the lower tier this week. Um, I think that the 49ers could probably win this game, you know, with their eyes closed or with one arm tied behind their back, whatever um, old time saying you want to use. But I think if Purdy gets you 200 yards and two touchdowns, that, that that's what you should be looking for if you play him. I just don't think there's too high of a ceiling because I just don't think they're going to have to do too much to, to beat this team. Yeah, I think you're really, if you're looking for 202, Purdy's your guy, but like you said, uh, not a huge ceiling here, and you just kind of have to know what to expect. The Vegas matchup's been very friendly, but Purdy may only have to throw the ball uh, 20 times in this one to get the job done, and there's just, it's hard to have a ton of production unless you have an outlier touchdown game when you have that low of a uh, pass value. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's go ahead and get CMC, George Kittle. Both those guys are must-starts, no doubt there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, on the other hand, he's probably in that boom-bust wide receiver category. Um, he, like, like I have been saying for the past couple weeks, you can make some decent money betting on his unders when you're looking at his reception totals because he's good for just a few catches a week. Uh, he may have hit the over last week, but I think it was maybe by just one if he did. So um, he, just, he doesn't get a lot of volume. You're hoping that one of those catches come down in the end zone or it's for a pretty big play. So, I mean, I think he's about as boom-bust as they come. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk or, you know, like a Gabe Davis this week against Cincinnati. That's a close one. 
Man, that is really close. I think I'm going to go Davis just because, uh, again, I really want pieces of that Bengals-Bills game, but that is a really good line. I think I'd be grouping uh, grouping Ayuk in with the, the Mike Evans-DJ Moore group, probably putting him just at the back of those three players, and then uh, Gabe Davis just ahead of those guys, again, mostly because I really like that game atmosphere between the bills and the Bengals. yeah and that's that's it that was going to be my point as well um and, and like we said about purdy there just may not be very many pass attempts to go around so i think Ayuk's yeah. fine uh, like i said boom bust if you have someone a little safer to play and you're favored maybe uh making that pivot just to get those guaranteed points but uh nonetheless let's go ahead and talk about the las vegas raiders this should be pretty short and sweet here jared Sidham, no way you're starting him even in two qb leagues uh, Josh Jacobs, I don't think there's any way you could bench him, but you just have to manage expectations. The 49ers have just been absolutely dominant against run games this year. Uh, but as I was talking to a buddy earlier today, Josh Jacobs has been a guy to break a lot of trends this season for running backs. He's been phenomenal. So you would think that they would probably lean on him slightly more with Jared Stidham at the quarterback position. So I, th- I think you could still feel confident playing him. Uh, but Devontae Adams, I think he's probably the more important discussion, probably the most important discussion at this point in the fantasy week. Um, Nick, do you have anything to say in particular about Devontae Adams? Like, uh, Do you have a certain line you're downgrading him to, or do you want me to throw some names at you? I think we'll just go with some names. I think in general, if you're asking me to, to put him somewhere, I'm still calling him a wide receiver too. Uh, he's just too good to push much farther down than that. But yeah, with Jared Stidham under center, it's really hard to know where he's going to go with the ball and uh, what his tendencies are in this offense. But let's just go ahead and get a temperature check here so we can have a, a little more quantifiable analysis here. Yeah, I think I know where you're at with this one, but uh, Devontae Adams or Mike Evans? Um, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to stick with Adams there. I, uh, I'm just a little, I think they, they fall into a similar category. Both of them could kind of bust. Both of them have high, high ceilings, but Adams just been much better this year and has less competition for targets in his offense. Absolutely. Maybe you pick this other guy up, um, halfway through the season or, or whenever he had his first big game and you've been rolling with both, but now, now you have the opportunity to maybe flex one of them out, Garrett Wilson or Devonte Adams. Yeah, give me Garrett Wilson. I uh, I like Mike White as the the quarterback coming back there for the Jets. Much more confident in the options when he is under center. Uh, yeah, I just I like the quarterback situation far better for Garrett Wilson. So I would play him over Devonte Adams. Yeah, and on the Monday night fireworks show, are you playing Gabe Davis or Devonte Adams? I think that again is just a little bit too low of a floor for me. I'm gonna stick with uh, stick with Adams, but it's very close. Like I said, I play Davis just over Evans. So if you know, Adams and Evans is close, then Davis and Adams is close as well. But I'd stick with Adams. Yeah, I think it's just important for people to remember um, there's not a lot of other pass catchers in the Raiders offense. So uh, as long as Devontae Adams is out there and he's playing, he should have some plays drawn up for him. He should have some basically guaranteed targets. So just you, you got to ride you got to ride your guys. And, and he's way too good of a receiver to, to bench for some lower options. So. Um, yep. I guess I do want to touch on this. This is something I have not heard anyone else talk about yet, but do you have any concerns with him potentially uh, maybe looking to sit with, uh, you know, the whole Derek Carr situation happening? I know the big, a lot of, a lot of people speculated a big reason he went to the Raiders in the first place was to play with Derek Carr. Kind of seems like they're doing maybe him a little bit dirty here. Any, any chance you see Devonte Adams taking a stand or, or you think he's locked in no matter what? 
Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think if that was the case, we would get, you know, some sort of notification before the game starts and you'd be able to pivot off of him. For so sure, yeah. I would not worry about that. I think you just got to, you know, hope he gets out there and you know, he's going to be playing for this team for a couple more years. So I would not imagine he'd be burning that bridge uh, that, you know, this early in his contract. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm right there with you. Just if you, if it happens, you heard it here first. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride that one for a while if it does happen. Uh, <laughs> and then Darren Waller, he's been our line uh, as of today with, with tight ends. I think he's low enough that you should have a better option if you're one of the final four teams, but can be streamed in a sticky, sticky situation. He'll probably get mentioned uh, a couple more times throughout the podcast. So let's go ahead and move on. We got the New York Jets at the Seattle Seahawks. The Jets favored by one and a half on the road, over under two and a half. Thank you, Mike White. Probably uh, only reason the Jets would be favored on the road. Um, mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and start here with the Jets and Mike White. I think he's my streamer of the week. Uh, coming back to a team that just desperately needs him. So I, I imagine those the Jets are going to be playing extremely hard this week. Uh, he was the QB6 and QB7 in the two games before getting destroyed by Buffalo. Um, so if you're considering a Deshaun Watson, Brock Purdy, even Geno Smith on the other side, I'm making that pivot to Mike White. Um, if you have probably a top seven or eight guy, I'd probably stick with them. But Mike White definitely deserves some conversation this week for, for championship week. Yeah, he's an okay streamer if you have to make it. Uh, I I agree with you. I'd play him over all of those guys you just mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the running back room is out of a night here. Uh, I think all feels a little bit better with Mike White being the quarterback. Uh, Knight yeah. was just stripped of all receiving opportunity while Zach Wilson was the quarterback. So I think he, back end RB2 is where I'm going to label him at, but there's a chance he has a, a much better game than that with Mike White being back. Um I think you, you probably agree on Zonovan Knight there, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a fine play with Mike White back in the fold. I think this whole offense will just operate you know, better. There'll be more plays, more scoring opportunities, and Knight will have a uh, easier time because you know the defense won't be able to stack the box and you know make Zach Wilson beat them. Mike White will beat them, so Knight will be fine. Seattle's been kind of a run-funnel type of defense, too. They've been giving it up to running backs, so I, I'd give him an extra slight bump for that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then on the wide receiver room, Garrett Wilson, super easy. He's a must play. But two other names yep. just want to mention here, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. Would you play either of these guys over Cortland Sutton this week? I don't think so. Uh, the matchup's not great here. As much as I'm in on Wilson, I think that's just uh, you know a bet on his overall talent. For he's sure. kind of emerged as the clear one here, so he's kind of in that you know too good to sit category as long as he has his quarterback. But these other two options I might pivot off of because of that matchup. Seattle secondary has been very good this year. I believe they're top five in points allowed to receivers this year uh, from a fantasy perspective. So I think I would be trying to avoid the auxiliary options here, but I'm very comfortable with Garrett Wilson and Zonovan Knight. Yeah, I I, I agree with you there. Um, I think if you're going to play one or the other, Elijah Moore would be the guy to play over Corey Davis. But with Agreed. Corey Davis being healthy, both those guys are just really risky. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then just want to touch on Conklin. I think he's streamable this week with Mike White coming back, but I went and looked at the numbers. He does get some more targets with Mike White, but his fantasy output was just about the same. Um, so I, I, I think I'm probably just going to go ahead and lean with whatever tight end had gotten me to the position I'm at now. Yeah, agreed. I, I'd probably even go Darren Waller over Tyler Conklin. There you so go. we've been kind of down on him this week. That should tell you all you need to know there. Easy enough. All right. The Seattle side, Geno Smith, 
I, I think I'm down on Gino. I, for one, this matchup is just very, very uh, scary, and the past two weeks have been rough. But if Tyler Lockett comes back, he he has kind of seemed to be, you know, a, a key cog in this offense. Then maybe you are a little bit you feel a little better about starting Gino. But I think he's pretty far down the list for me. Uh, let me pull up a list of quarterbacks here. Uh, yeah, I mean, would you would you play? Would you? I mean, pretty easy name. Would you play Aaron Rodgers over Geno Smith this week? I would, yeah. That, that's okay. not a matchup's too juicy. Yeah, I think that's enough there. If you're getting down to Aaron Rodgers, then you probably don't want to be go, playing Geno. So. I'd go Brock Purdy over Geno, too. Yeah, I, this matchup does scare me quite a bit. The Jets have a fantastic defense, and uh, like you said, Geno's been struggling a bit lately, and I think this will be a you know slightly lower-scoring game. So I'm just kind of off of Geno this week. Yeah, Kenneth Walker's a must start. He's very good. Tough matchup, but you just gotta just gotta take it. It is too what much it volume. Is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the wide receiver room. I think if both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett play, uh, you can play both of them. I do kind of share similar, you know, scared of Nick. I think it's gonna be kind of a low scoring game. Uh, so I just don't really know if I like. Um, if I love having to rely on these options, but you know, these are the guys that got you here. You're probably playing them. Uh, DK will probably see some Sauce Gardner. I wouldn't wouldn't doubt if those two get into some kind of fight at some point in the game. I'm pretty sure DK gets <laughs> into a fight with yeah. every single <laughs> cornerback he plays against. So uh, that should be an interesting matchup, but he's just too talented to be benched. And then, like I said about Geno, if Tyler Lockett plays uh, and you don't have a high-level pivot option, I don't mind playing Lockett and just throwing him back in there. Uh, we saw last week in Kansas City he seemed to be a pretty important piece of the offense. I know you can kind of take away some of that to the weather conditions in Kansas City, but just overall, Geno didn't look as good. And uh, I think that, you know, Tyler Lockett being a very, very, very good, reliable number two wide receiver, not being there may have been a part of that. Yeah, 100%. Even though I'm not really on Geno this week, uh, these two, like you said, are probably too good to sit if they're both out there. Geno, uh, thankfully for us, likes to condense his targets to these two guys pretty heavily. So even if he doesn't have a big day uh, from the quarterback position, both of these guys can still produce because they're going to get you know around 60% of Geno Smith's targets between the two of them. I am scared of DK Metcalf this week. He has a very tough matchup, but he kind of falls into that boat of being a little too good to sit. And then Lockett should have some more openings. He does play outside, but he plays in the slot as well. That is kind of where you can expose this Jets secondary. Uh, so Lockett should be fine if he's out there. And then Metcalf, again, probably too good to sit. If he's gotten you this far, I can't imagine you're putting him on your bench in uh, championship week. Yep, and then one last guy here, Noah Fan. Just want to say he can be streamed nope. if you have to. Nope. Will Disley went on IR, but shouldn't be shouldn't be done. Not with Lockett back. I think I think he's completely off my radar. I'd take Conklin over Fan. Okay, well that's that's fair enough. I think I'm probably on the other side with Fan, but I, again, he shouldn't be played in Championship Week, regardless. Of I think the, that's that's that garbage time touchdown he got you last week talking. Uh, <laughs> Saved your bacon a little bit there at the end of the game. Still salty about it, but appreciate uh, you. That's fair enough. Appreciate you, Noah Fan. Well, I couldn't have two Seahawks <laughs> goose me. That would have been terrible. Yeah, that's, that's but fair Noah Fan. They both were goosing me the entire game. Noah Fan literally had all of his fantasy points on one single drive where I think he caught yes, three he passes. Did. So, um, yeah, don't don't play him. He's not not a good fantasy option. Let's move on. Minnesota at Green Bay here. Green Bay favored by three and a half. Um, just want to sit on that line for a second. I guess, are you at all surprised that they're this big of favorites or is this what you expect with uh, this Minnesota team that can't, you know, can't beat anybody by more than three points, it seems like. 
yeah, not surprised at all. I would expect that line to move farther uh, in the Packers' direction as the week goes on, to be honest. I, I think uh, I think Green Bay is going to win this game. They, they really need it, and Minnesota does not. And like you said, they've just been kind of skating by a lot this year, and uh, that might not do it on the road at Lambeau this late in the year. Yeah, absolutely. Over under 48, so for the fantasy side, so should have some good options here. Seriously. I think we do. Yeah. Kirk Cousin, I think he's a pretty high-tier streaming option. I, again, I think I'm still taking all of the big names. He's probably going to fall somewhere in that 8-10 to 10 category for me. Uh, outside, yep. on the road, against the Packers, don't love him, but he can be played. Um, uh, running back, Dalvin Cook, I think he's just still a must-start. Uh, rough week last week, but that's just what you get sometimes with Dalvin Cook. Wide receiver Justin Jefferson, he's a must-start, but I'm not going to recommend Thielen or Osborne this week. Do you feel any differently about those two options? No, I don't think so. I think Thielen and Brandon Cooks is a decent discussion, and if we're having that discussion, I think we're just trying to start somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. And then I, the reason why I can't recommend either of those two guys is tight end TJ Hawkinson. He's just been a target machine since he's gotten over to Minnesota. Um, if he, if he finishes strong, he's probably going to be one of the most talked about tight ends for next year, for sure. Especially if there's not too much that changes on this Minnesota offense. Uh, he, he has been phenomenal. If you were able to, to trade for him or pick him up at any point in the season. Yeah. hundred percent. Like you said, could be in that top three tight end discussion next year if things break right for him. So, uh, he has been a, you know, he has been a godsend for this offense and he really got featured last week and it worked to a uh, you know pretty great degree, so I can't imagine that they're going to go away from him, even if it's not 16 targets. If he gets half that, you're still talking about a top-five tight end. Yep, for sure. And then on the Green Bay side here, Aaron Rodgers. I think he's just a little bit below Kirk Cousins in my mind. Probably, you know, if Kirk's 8 to 10, he's probably 10, you know, between 9 to 11, somewhere in there. So he's a fine streamer. But um, like I said, at this point, if you're in the Final Four, you probably have – uh, one of those good, either one of the good quarterbacks that helps you get there, like a Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, or you have your streamer locked in. So uh, he is a pivot option, though, if you, you know, rode the back of a Geno Smith or something like that to your championship week. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. I think, um, you know, he's in the streaming category because of this matchup, but, you know, he is, he kind of has, a, he has a pretty low ceiling, just uh, the way this offense operates and his lack of playmakers on the outside that are proven. It's, been a tough go for Rodgers this week. You can stream him if you need, uh, if you've had a matchup or an injury that you need to uh, pivot off of. Yeah, and I'm already going to get smoked when it comes to the time again, so I'm going to pull up this Aaron Rodgers uh, sat line real quick here. <laughs> what was the thing I wanted to find out? Oh, yeah, how many games does Aaron Rodgers has have over 260 passing yards this season? You want me to guess? I'm going to yeah. say, by the way you're phrasing it, I'm going to say three. Yeah, he has zero. He has not. Oh, no, he has one. He had one <laughs> no at 291. Sorry. Shit. He does. It is one. Yeah, one wow. over 260. I forgot he had that game against Detroit. But, you know, that was also the game where he had one touchdown and three interceptions. So if you streamed him that week, yeah. he still didn't do anything for you. Jeez. He's only had more than two touchdowns in one week. That was against Dallas in week 10. That was the big uh, upset that we had predicted on the betting podcast. So, I mean, I, I, I don't want to pivot to Aaron Rodgers if I have to. Just ride the horse whoever got you there. If it's someone like a Geno and you have to pivot and Rodgers is the best option, it is what it is. But he has been terrible for fantasy football basically all season long. So just wanted to highlight that on a uh, anti-Packers podcast. But 
Uh, running back room here, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Uh, if, a if Jones plays, you have to play him. Uh, nice little stat here. He only has two games on the season that he has finished lower than an RB32. That's not a tall task to get to that number, but it just shows you that he doesn't completely bust you when he plays. So as long as he's out there um, you know, with his PPR floor, he's going to at least get you some points. Um, and then Dylan on the other side is a flexible running back. He's probably um, uh, sorry. He probably won't see, you know, the workload of some other, you know, flexible running backs that we've talked about, but he's been a hot hand. He's gotten in the end zone, I think four straight weeks. So uh, if you've been riding AJ Dylan as your flex, you know, flex player, then I think you can continue to do that this week. Yeah, I like him quite a bit. This atmosphere is good. This game uh, should be, you know, one that is positive for, you know, these all of these backers option, really options on both sides. So I'm fine playing A.J. Dillon as a solid RB2. Uh, and if Jones is limited, that'll, you know, only help his cause. So I, I think I'm actually pretty confident in playing Dillon this week. Yep, I, I like that. And then the wide receiver room here, Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, and Romeo Dobbs. Uh, Watson, like I said, did not practice on Thursday. I am nervous about his status. I'm hoping he at least gets a limited practice in on Friday. Um, I seen that he was basically like dressed and ready to go for practice, and it was basically something last minute that stopped him from practicing today. So uh, just as a guy who's going to have to rely on him more than likely, I would just like to see him at least get out on the field before uh, this weekend, especially with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. You know, you never know. He may not target him because he didn't get to – you know, run a specific number of routes at practice or something stupid like that. So just a little worried about Christian Watson, but that's just my own tilting happening. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> without Watson, I, I guess my question, I'm playing Watson if he plays for sure. Without Watson, would you play both Lazard and Dobbs? And would you play either of them if Watson does play? Dobbs scares me a little more. Lazard, I am just fine playing, especially if Watson doesn't go. Even if Watson does go, I think I'm okay playing Lazard. You know he's going to get his looks, and this is, again, uh, we've said it all year, or at least uh, towards the back half of the year, this Minnesota secondary is very exploitable, and Minnesota scores a lot of points, so teams have to throw a lot against them. It's a very good atmosphere for the opposing pass catcher. So Al Lazard, I'm fine playing. Christian Watson, like you said, if he's in there, you got to start him. And then Romeo Dobbs is even uh, a lower level option. I'd probably put him in the Marquise Brown <coughs> level range of uh, wide receivers. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I'm staying away from Dobbs anywhere that I, I possibly can. And then uh, Lazard's probably a play either way. And then if Christian Watson's out, Alan Lazard could have a uh, potential uh, week winning kind of week for you there from Alan Lazard, which would be nice. But. Unfortunately, someone bid $17 on him and took away any chance I had at uh, picking him up this week. So <laughs> just love to see Sad. that. All right, let's move on. The Los Angeles Rams are at the Los Angeles Charger. Big travel week here for the Rams. Chargers favored by six and a half over under a 43. Um, let's start on the Rams side here. Baker Mayfield, he's a no. Um, he had a good showing last week, but I am not going to uh, trust Baker in any kind of format. I'm going to uh, – Brigo uh, I think I said this word earlier, but now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck it up. Begrudgingly going to say that Akers is an RB2 option. Um, I think he's boom bust, but after last week, how do you not play him? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know you don't like Cam Akers. It's pretty gross. We have to recommend him. Do you have anything else to say about him? 
No, uh, I do think he falls into that low-end RB2 range, though, just because of the matchup and the way he's looked recently. At least, uh, you know, you know he's going to get the work. So I, I am okay plugging him in, but like you said, it is kind of gross, and I feel like it could come uh, come back to bite you if you put him in there. But, uh, you know, you can't really argue with the volume he's gotten recently. Absolutely. Um, the wide receiver options for the Rams are just not 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 playable. Uh, Tyler Higby, I you can stream him, but I think that it's a little buyer beware for me. I'm not going to trust his one week sample size in my championship game. Uh, if I have a, a good streamer or one of the top guys, I'm not going to pivot down to Higby uh, championship week. Yeah, I've seen a lot of sites ranking him in the top 10. I think that is just way too reactionary. That Broncos team, like I said, really gave up last week. And uh, I think that was more of the reason that Higby had the big game than you know some sort of offensive shift here or a Baker Mayfield revolution. I think you could easily see him go back to a 3-for-20 with uh, no touchdowns. So I'd be... You know, slightly higher on Higby than I would have been coming into this week if I, you know, didn't know what had happened last week. But still, uh, I'm starting all of our streaming level options that we've been talking about over him, most likely. Yeah, absolutely. Baker Mayfield has to be one of the most popular players in the NFL for being, you know, as mediocre as he is and has been. Uh, just I have like people now are just like, oh, what do you think about Baker being on the Rams next year, replacing Matt Stafford? And I'm just like. What are you talking about? If Matt Stafford's yeah, playing on, next come year, come stop. on. What are we doing? Like, yeah. he's not he's not taking over anyone's job. He looks good in the McVay offense. Congratulations. At Jared, so did Jared Goff. I mean, Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl in the offense. Jimmy Garoppolo has made a career in the offense. Like, it just is what it is. It's, it's an offense that if you can roll out to the right and throw accurately, you can play pretty solid in, and that's what Baker basically did for his entire career at Oklahoma. So, no surprise that he finds some success here with the Rams, but he's. I think it's a little bit more fool's gold. We'll see if a team gets uh, tricked into to signing him this offseason. But I think that's a little bit interesting. I think he's getting a lot of hype that's unwarranted, but it is what it is. Let's move on to the Chargers. Uh, the quarterback, Justin Herbert, if you made it this far with Justin Herbert, good job. Uh, you probably have an amazing roster and probably had some really good luck go your way over the past couple weeks. Uh, but – if you're there and Herbert's been your guy, fire him back up. I think he's probably, um, unless you can pivot to like a Goff or a Lawrence or a Dak or maybe even a Kirk Cousins, uh, those are probably the only guys I'm willing to go to uh, besides Justin Herbert. Anyone else you're willing to throw into that group? I don't think so. I think, uh, like you said, that Cousins is probably the one I'd be interested in. Uh, that would be a good discussion to have if it's Cousins v. Lawrence, or excuse me, Cousins v. Herbert, but any lower than that, and it's just uh, the talent gap is just too big for me to pivot off of Herbert. Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, running back Austin Eckler, just want to say he popped up on the injury report. I know I mentioned it earlier in the show. If uh, Joshua Kelly is out there, go pick him up right away. Um, just want to say hope you're fine. Hope that, you know, that there's no issues uh, with you and uh, hope that you can dominate this week or at least just do what yeah, you did last week. I don't need you to be out there a whole bunch, but if you just want to score me two touchdowns, I, I'd appreciate it. Just just be healthy. Um, I'd be much appreciated. Yeah, 100%. Definitely keep an eye on Austin Eckler. That's, uh, like you said, the, the last play of the game, so we don't really know what his health is uh, for sure. 
Yep. And then wide receiver room, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Keenan Allen is a must start. He has been phenomenal since he's came back um, from his, you know, injury that took up basically the first half or most of the season. So uh, if you held out or you traded for him or anything like that, congrats. You got your guy, you know, probably a, a potential league winner for you. Uh, Mike Williams, I think he can be benched. He's probably he's in that boom bust wide receiver two tier. Um, you know, like I, I, I was kind of on to do it last week with Mike Williams. He has probably one of the lowest floors and one of the highest ceilings, uh, one of the widest gaps in fantasy football. So um, I think his target share is down to like 18% since Keenan Allen has came back. That's not very good. Um, but the thing with Mike Williams is even at 18%, one of those could be a 40-yard bomb touchdown. So he's probably he's closer to that Mike Evans, uh, Gabe Davis tier than I would have wanted to put him in last week, but I think that's where he belongs. Yeah, 100%. Mike Evans, Gabe Davis is a perfect comp for Mike Williams. All three of those guys really just kind of need the big play to uh, you know make their – make their mark in fantasy football. Gabe Davis would be my favorite of those three just because of the scoring atmosphere in that game. I could see, like you said, uh, him not being incredibly necessary in this matchup against the Rams. So he's he's on the wide receiver two tier, but he has a pretty low floor. Absolutely. And then I think we we officially agreed we're, you know, Gerald Everett with everyone else being back is probably not yep. even a, a fantasy option. So uh, let's go to Pittsburgh at Baltimore. I believe this is the Sunday night football game. So this is a pretty solid uh, divisional game for Sunday night football. Baltimore favored by two and a half, over under a uh, whopping 35. So probably not the uh, barn burner that Sunday night football would like it to be. But let's start on the Pittsburgh side. Kenny Pickett, uh, QB, you know, two option in Superflex or two QB leagues if you're desperate, but that's about it. Running back Najee Harris, simple. He's an RB2 option. That's been, you know, where he's been for fantasy basically the most of the season. I don't love the matchup with Baltimore, but he's just one of those volume guys that are hard to pivot away from. So yep. I'm going to say mid RB, RB2. Um, probably has a, um, you know, a little bit of a higher ceiling than that, but he's going to have to get in the end zone multiple times to reach that. Wide receiver room, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. If I have to play either, it's going to be Pickens, but I think both are are avoidable. Um, you know, if you're in your championship game, I assume you have better options than these two. If you're playing yeah, for something and you're not in the championship, a wide receiver. Yeah, like I said, Pickens would be the guy, but I, neither of them should be played for any kind of for anything that means anything this weekend. Uh, unless maybe you're in the toilet bowl and you don't want to take last place in your league if, if, if it comes down to playoffs or the playoff scenarios. So if you're in that situation, don't play Deontay Johnson because you're, you're probably there because you drafted Deontay Johnson. Uh, <laughs> well said. Tight end, Pat Fryermuth, he's a starter. I think uh, if you were, were fearful for, for Fryermuth, I think last week's performance gives you the confidence you need just to kind of keep riding with him for this season. Yeah, he's a uh, much safer option when Pickett's in there. It's been, you know, his target share has gone up pretty considerably whenever Pickett has played. So I am okay playing him in this matchup, even in, uh, you know, a low over-under game. Kind of a similar situation with that Raiders game last week. Uh, Fryermuth should get the targets and it's tight end. So he's definitely in the starting tier. Yep, absolutely. Let's move over to the Baltimore side. Tyler Hundley has been uh, pretty bad for fantasy football since he has taken over. So he is a big old nope. Um the wide receiver room, you're not going to play anybody there. Uh, Mark Andrews, we have kind of established a pretty solid line for already. So let's go ahead and just kind of talk about these running backs real quick. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. Um, 
similar to a lot of the, you know, the one, two running back rooms that we have talked about, it's hard to pick one. These guys are splitting pretty evenly down the middle uh, last week when they were both healthy in there. So I, I don't have really too much of a suggestion. Like I said, it's more of just a gut call or, you know, if you're playing one or the other, uh, I, I don't like either of them in PPR settings, if that helps you out. But do you have any other suggestions on these two guys? I think I'm leaning Dobbins if you have to play one for sure. He seems like he's been the guy that they've given the first crack to to uh, you know get hot and take over the rushing load. And it seems like if he has a good, you know, if he comes out and has a good first half, he's going to be the guy down the stretch. Edwards, even in a game that he played really well in last week, still was out carried by Dobbins. So I would expect Dobbins to lead this back room in, or backfield room in carries and have the opportunity for the 20-plus carry game where Gus Edwards just doesn't really have that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's some good analysis. Um, just to clear up something in my head, you'd still stick with Zonovan Knight over J.K. Dobbins pretty easily, right? I don't know if it'd be easily, but I probably would. I think in non-PPR, I might go to Dobbins just because he had that huge game against Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, but... And half and full, I think I'm sticking with Zonovan Knight because there is zero pass catching upside with either of these guys. Um, oh, it's too late. The game, the Thursday night football has already started, but would you have played? Oh, never mind. That's that's a non. It doesn't matter. Let's just go ahead and move on. That's not a decision <laughs> I had to make, so let's go ahead and save ourselves a couple minutes here. Buffalo at Cincinnati, the Monday night football extravaganza. I mean, I don't know if the NFL did this on purpose, just putting such a juicy matchup on Week 17 Monday Night Football, but if they did it to coincide with fantasy football, good to you. Good for you, NFL. You know how to feed the consumer what they want. This might be one of the most highest-rated regular season games uh, on the season. Uh, 100%. And like I said, it could some of that could just do to a lot of fantasy championships are going to come down to this game. So should be an exciting one all around. Buffalo favored by a point. Over under 49 and a half. Let's go Bengals. Uh, let's start on the Buffalo side. <laughs> Josh Allen, he's a must start. You got to play him for sure. Uh, let's jump into the running backs, though. Devin Singletary and James Cook. I, I Both of them were good last week. I, if I'm going to have to play one over the other, I'm going to stick with Singletary. I think he's still safer. Um, but I think Cook could also be flexed. This is a game that, you know, like we said, we project to be kind of high scoring. So, if you see some passes coming out of the backfield, I would like to see, would expect to see those go to James Cook. Um, so I think he can be flexed. I just think it's kind of risky business. What, what do you say about these two guys? I'm not very high on them this week. That Cincinnati run defense has been very good of recent. It seems like this Bills offense has really been kind of, uh, you know, morphing to whatever the weakness of the opposing defense is. Last week they went run heavy. Uh, a few weeks ago against the Browns they went run heavy, but they've kind of sprinkled in pass-heavy game scripts in uh, in between those games. So this one would kind of profile as one that they would let Josh Allen kind of do his thing a little bit more. So I'd be uh, a little scared of these guys. They're more flex options than RB2-level plays like they were last week. Yeah, I think that's a good call for sure with these guys. Uh, the Cincinnati run defense has been no joke as well. I'm glad you called that out. Uh, let's go to the wide receiver room here. Uh, Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. I don't think last week changed my mind too much about either of these guys. The weather conditions were rough. Um, if you suffered yeah. through Stefan Diggs' game last week and made it onto your championship or if you're playing for third place because of him, he's locked and loaded in your, in your lineup. I don't think you can uh, take play. him out. Yep. Uh, and then Gabe Davis, uh, again, he is who he is. He's in that touchdown or bust uh, tier. I think we have a great line for Gabe Davis already established. So you have anything else to say you want to mention about either of these two guys? 
nope, they're both great plays this week. And like I said, they should have uh, even you know a couple extra targets because of this good Cincinnati run defense and just the game script in general. Yeah, you had a lot less to say after we hit that hour 30 mark, but that's all right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the tight end, Dawson Knox. I, I still like Dawson Knox again this week. I think the game script is good for him. I'm going to want some pass catchers on that Buffalo side. So uh, if you have been streaming them or if you picked them up for the potential to stream them, I think this is a solid week. Let's give a good line for Knox here because we haven't brought him up too much. Uh, are you playing him over Darren Waller? Yep. All right, easy enough. Uh, are you playing him over Taysom Hill? Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see if we get up into the Pat Fryermuth. I think I'd stick with Fryermuth there, but it's close. Okay, and then Cole Komet. Uh, I'm going to stick with Komet there as well, but, uh, again, very close. I think both Komet and Knox remind me, you know, they're very similar to each other, but Komet sure. is just higher up on the list of target getters in his offense, so I'll, I'll stick with Komet there. Yep, I, I think that's a good line for Knox. I think he's a, a good streaming option, but, uh, you know, unless you picked him up or you've been playing him, the guy you got's probably – He's on know, a heater right now, with. too. I think he's three weeks in a row with a touchdown, so. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, and then the Cincinnati side, I think this is pretty simple. Joe Burrow, um, I don't think he's the QB1 just with J- what Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes have been doing, but it just seems like week after week he, he just does not bust you. He is extremely good for fantasy football. Uh, even last week he had three touchdowns, I think close to the maybe just into the second quarter, but didn't get anything else. Could have went absolutely nuclear last week. Um, but nonetheless, uh, Joe Mixon, the running back here, um, uh, Excuse me. He does not completely bust for you, but we just have not seen him uh, hit a lot of those ceiling games that he was drafted for. I think this is he has good TD potential in this game. Uh, you should definitely fire him up. But again, I think just the overall arcing, you know, when we look back on the season for Joe Mixon, it's just going to be one really good game with a bunch of touchdowns and then a bunch of just average to below average games. So just kind of got to expect that at this point. If he gets in the end zone, he'll have a good week, though. Yeah, I think, yeah, obviously you got to play him, but like you said, it's been slightly disappointing for Mixon owners. His final, like, end-of-season finish is going to be, you know, not necessarily indicative of how valuable he was to your team throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. And then these wide receivers, I think, are pretty easy. Both Chase and Higgins, you are locking those guys into your lineup, again, in this high-scoring affair. And then are you willing to throw Boyd into a lineup as well? And just to kind of give you a line, would you play Tyler Boyd or Cortland Sutton uh, this week? I call Cortland Sutton. Uh, Tyler Boyd is an option, but a lower level one and just has that uh, very low floor. He's you know, obviously down the totem pole of these Cincinnati pass catchers. Now that Trenton Irwin has entered the chat, I'm even a little less comfortable playing Boyd. All right. Yeah, uh, that sounds good to me. I'm glad that he was the one that I chose to drop a couple weeks ago because otherwise that would be the who I'd be pivoting to if Watson doesn't play. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to wrap it up. That's all 15 games. I will say I definitely shot myself in the foot when I guess an hour and a half. Whenever we have a full 15 game, you know, we, we it's way closer to an hour 45 or more every time. I don't know where. It's tough to fit it all in there. Yeah, yeah I don't know where I got an hour and a half from. But you're up 2-0, so I, I'll give you that on the time here. But uh, I, I will be back on uh, Monday. Those drinks will taste and, even sweeter knowing that they came out of your wallet, Cody. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Any Anytime, buddy. You, you enjoy those, but uh, I, I'll get you back. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs>
Sounds good, bud. All right. Peace out, everybody. Go out there. Go win your championship. Go uh, take home third place if that's what you're playing for, like my co-host Nick. But uh, peace out, everybody, and good luck. Thanks. Appreciate that one. (laughs) See you guys.